Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Manager Masterclass by 10X Managers. I'm joined once again by Svenja. We've literally just finished recording our first Masterclass on personal budgeting. And now we're going to change the topic of how we can use the concept of time to think to communicate more effectively with our team. So this one's a bit more direct management, more of what we're used to here on our Manager Masterclasses. For those of you that are interested in personal budgeting, do go and check out the previous Masterclass as well. Svenja shared some great tips and a great framework that you can use to help get your spending under control and ultimately help you reach your kind of financial goals and ambitions as well. Svenja, for those that haven't listened to that previous one, would you mind just reintroducing yourself again to get us kicked off? Of course, and thank you for having me here. I'm Svenja Keller. I have worked in financial services for all my career. My last job was actually managing a big team of financial planners and support staff. So before I then started my own business, which is a financial coach and life planner, and as part of my training to help people make their own decisions, I'm training to become a time to think coach, which is why we are recording this and telling everyone about the time to think coaching principles. No, fantastic. Thank you for that, Svenja. And no, on our previous conversation as well, when you first brought up Time to Think, it was something that I hadn't heard of and hadn't come across before. And then you started to explain a little bit how you're using it to help people to facilitate team meetings, to become a better and more effective communicator. And I thought it was something that our community could get a lot of benefit from, really learn from as well. If we maybe start very high level here, Svenja, in terms of what is Time to Think? What's the concept? What's the philosophy behind it? And how does it fit into our roles as managers and leaders? Yeah, I first came across Time to Think when I was doing my first coaching qualification. And the trainer there said, if you want to read more, read Nancy Klein's Time to Think book. And I read it and I loved it straight away. So Time to Think is a way of coaching and helping people to think for themselves it was invented and it's been researched by a lady called Nancy Klein. She's written a number of books, which are all really interesting. And the main, her main goal in life is to help people to think independently for themselves. And actually, we often don't do it. We mm -hmm. always look to other people to give us answers, to respond. And with her concept is the first time that I actually felt for the first time I could really think for myself and that is there are the thinking partner so the terminology is all slightly different to coaching because it is purely about helping people to think for themselves and the thinking partner so the person that helps you do that they create an environment which has 10 components and that all helps you to get your best thinking out there. And the 10 components are attention, equality, ease, appreciation, feelings, information, encouragement, difference, incisive question, which we don't need to go into here, and place. So they are all things that will help you to think well and your thinking partner is then supposed to create those things for you. Place, for example, make sure there's no interruption or no disruption, you feel comfortable. It's all those things you sit in a nice room, not in some kind of cupboard <laughs> and that will help you to think well. Equality, so the 
obviously that needs to be adapted a little bit for managers but in that moment when you help someone to think you're both equal you give someone your full attention that means you're not listening to respond you're mm-hmm. just listening with interest to hear what the person has to say next appreciation normally you would appreciate someone's quality at the end of the thinking time the reason behind that is we actually need a lot of appreciation all of us every day to help us think well Mm -hmm. and if you do it at the end then they would go away and keep thinking about whatever they were thinking about in a positive way we actually need an appreciation ratio of five to one one being the criticism every day and we need to have it very regularly and reading her book made me praise my team a lot more often and I always thought oh god that's a bit you know they're gonna think I'm buttering them up or something but if you mean it and if you find things you actually genuinely appreciate actually I was really surprised but most people just gave me a big smile and it did encourage them to do well and feel valued it's just amazing how it works the other two things that are really important are When you're listening to someone in that environment, you don't judge. There's no judgment at all on Mm -hmm. your face or in your thinking. You don't think, oh, why are they thinking that? Or, oh, no, you can't. If you start, that will show in your face or in your demeanor. But actually, you just think and think, let's see where they take this. I'm really curious to know or interested what is next. And the other big one, which most people find really difficult no interruption you promise them that you won't interrupt them that is really hard to start with because Mm -hmm. most of us especially in the business world we are everything has to be quick and we actually a lot of meetings are disrupted because people interrupt each other and since I've started learning in this environment I notice how often everyone does it including myself, but it's actually amazing if you stop interrupting someone, you just let them talk. There are new thoughts coming all the time. Even if there's a bit of silence, that's actually quite good. It helps people to process their thinking in their brain. So Nancy Klein has done over 30 years of research into how our brains process thoughts. It's really interesting. And Mm -hmm. she's come up with this sequence of questions that depending on where the thinker is you ask them to help them to get to the next stage obviously that's a long process to learn about that but you can read about it in the books and it actually becomes really seeing it I've seen and witnessed it and it has been done I've been the thinker myself it does work and it's really amazing to see it happen how people come up with things you've never thought of and they just come to conclusions that really help them step forward okay really interesting so let me just play this back to you Svenja just to make sure that I fully understood it as well Um, so essentially what we're saying here is that the purpose of this is to create an environment whereby the thinker has ultimately the complete control and autonomy and is empowered to think about a particular situation and therefore come up with solutions. And then our role as the manager or the thinking partner, as you said here, is ultimately to create the best environment for them to be able to do that is then to make sure that we don't interrupt so that they actually have the time to process and do the thinking and also no judgment. So they don't have any fear that they could say the wrong thing or that 
it ultimately just gives them the ultimate place whereby they can be open with their thoughts and talk about this. And then obviously you mentioned there that there's then specific questions and ways that we can angle the conversation that helps this person think in more detail and progress their thoughts as well. Is that fairly accurate? Is that not, is that okay? It's not just accurate, it's much more eloquent than I, I expressed it as well. It's beautifully put. And the only th- caveat I would say is obviously in a managerial role, this doesn't work all the time. It works in some situations, but sometimes obviously you have to be directive. You have to tell people what to do. You have to step in. They look. They need your expertise. But there are a lot of situations as a manager where this is really helpful and it's mm. very empowering actually. And in a way it helps you as well as a manager because When I started being a manager, I always thought everyone wants my solutions, but then I just stepped back and thought, I'm just going to empower everyone else to come up with their solutions. And it was a real burden lifted off my shoulders as well. Yeah, I I think that's definitely where I can see this playing a big role as well. Like you said, I think particularly newer managers, people coming into managerial roles for the first time, one of the common mistakes people fall into is the feeling that they need to have all the answers. Because they're now a manager, I need to be the person that tells everybody what they can do and everybody's looking to me to have the right answers. Whereas actually what we're saying here is that as managers, we can use this tool to empower our people, get the most of their ideas and thoughts and expertise. And it's not all reliant on us to be able to come up with answers where simply we're not going to have the best answer to every single solution, every single problem out there. So actually leaning on the people around us is going to really enable our team to drive forwards as well. So my brain's going in many different directions here, Svenja, in terms of how we could use this. But let's just take it up one level for one second before we maybe dive into some of the kind of practical ways of using this. So would you say that the ultimate outcome of Time to Think and what we're trying to do here is to enable our people to come up with their own solution? Is is that what this is all about? Yeah, it is. And that is actually in more general true for coaching as well. But I think Time to Think is all about helping people to think independently for themselves so they come up with the solutions that they want to come up with. And mm-hmm. it's all coming out of their own brain. So mm-hmm. it's, it is a form of coaching, which is very non-directive. So mm-hmm. No leading questions, no, no interruptions. So someone is purely just thinking for themselves. And is that how you view it as well? This is essentially part of your toolkit as a coach. It's something that you can use in order to host these coaching conversations and is a different way of thinking about it. Yeah, it is. There are various other coaching techniques, but this one, and it works really well if you just let someone let out all their thoughts and then you help them. Actually, when they say them out loud quite often, when we have them in our heads, we start ruminating. So negative thoughts going in circles. When we, there's something about having someone else there that stops our brains from doing that. So it's quite interesting. So it helps people to really process their own ideas and their own thoughts. And I find it really powerful, but then for some people it might not work and other coaching techniques might work a bit better. No, I love it. I think it's really powerful. And I think 
we speak a lot in terms of the, the broader coaching kind of conversation in that we want to empower our people and allow them to think and come up with solutions. But the thing that I like about this is it's a very practical way that we can actually do that rather than us thinking, what question am I going to ask next? And then trying to ultimately trying to ultimately guide the conversation to where we want to get to through letting them do it. What we're actually saying here is no, let's completely let them take ownership of this conversation and allow them the time to think and come with those solutions. So I really like that. Maybe if we talk a little bit now, Svenja, about how we could use this as managers and some of the scenarios that we might face ourselves in commonly and some of the problems we face and how we might be able to apply this to, to overcome some of those areas. So maybe if we start with team meetings, it's something that we speak about a lot in our community. How do we run effective team meetings that are team members come out of feeling motivated and inspired and ready to go and to achieve their goals and what they're trying to what they've been asked to achieve how do you think about using time to think within a team meeting setting yeah i actually the first time i used time to think techniques was in a team meeting and mm-hmm. you can train to be a time to think facilitator as well there's a lot more skill to it than what I applied in that first meeting, but I did it by reading the book and I just thought, I'm just going to try it. And so what I did was I, I communicated the kind of ground rules, which is no judgment, no interruption. And there's the third one in a team meeting, which is quite important. It's called sharing the stage, but what Mm -hmm. it basically means is don't hog the conversation. So don't, talk for too long and let other people speak as well and then what what where it works best is really if you have a certain topic you want to discuss within the team or you might want to get some feedback on a process or you have a specific question and you just go around the room and people can either say nothing to add or pass or they can talk and then you everyone gets a a moment to talk and you just go around in a circle. What that does is actually you get the quieter ones to, you give them a chance to speak, but they don't have to. And if they say pass, as we agreed, no judgment, that's fine as well. But in my first meeting where I did it, I was surprised there were some brilliant ideas from some of the quieter team members that would have never spoken up if we hadn't gone around in a circle. And you, if you have time, you can go around again. So you just ask, have you got any new thoughts coming after you've heard everyone else's? And the panic I had was, we only have an hour. If we go around a big team, are we going to run out of time? But it's actually the opposite. Weirdly, if you promise someone not that you won't interrupt them, they have more time and ease to come up with a precise answer Mm -hmm. so actually we were done way ahead of time and everyone spoke it was absolutely amazing the only two things I added then later was I started it off with a quick round which kind of helped everyone to get into the process so I asked a very simple question what went well for you today or what went well for you this week something positive to get everyone into the groove And then at the end, in similar to appreciation, to finish on a positive, you ask, what positive have you taken away from today? Or what have you Mm -hmm. learned today? Something positive at the end with a quick answer, not a long one, just one word or something to let everyone go in a positive way. And those meetings, I've ever since I started it, I've done it in that way. The only thing I would say is I was really nervous 
my team was quite big and it was during lockdown. So we did it on Zoom and I was nervous thinking, is my team going to think I've lost the plot or something? But actually they all loved it and they all really engaged with it. I explained what I was doing. I said it was a test and if they didn't want to do it anymore, they could just tell me, but it, it worked really well. No, I really like that as a way of getting people thinking, opening up, speaking and getting ideas from many different areas that maybe wouldn't normally speak up as well. A couple of questions on this then, Sonia, that, that are coming to my mind. The first one is, if you are discussing a certain topic that you then go around the room and then as the manager, you think there are maybe certain things that have been missed or haven't necessarily gone in the direction that you wanted to or expected to, even though we are opening this up, are we able to then give our own input or like you said, no judgment, no interruption? Do we have to leave this as an open forum to allow the team to discuss? How do you balance that and think about that? Good question. I would normally include myself in the round. So yeah. I would just then have some time to think and give my own thoughts, but not really referencing everyone else's. I would just give my own thoughts and I could then say, as the next round, could you focus on this or that you could adapt it in that way, but you don't have to. Sometimes the more open you leave it, the more surprising things you get out of the team that you would have never thought of. And I would have normally written down some action points or some ideas and summarized them and sent them around later and followed up on them as well. No, brilliant. That makes a lot of sense as well. And then I guess my next follow on from that is if you're discussing a topic where maybe you're using it to almost try and come up with ideas on how to solve a particular challenge or find the next route forward in terms of where the team's going. What I imagine you'll get here is you'll, you'll often get some differing opinions is some people might think they should do one thing and other people think we should do other things. How do we create a consensus or how do we make a decision based on a conversation that we're having here that is bringing in lots of different ideas? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Quite often we used it, but it was never that controversial. You could let the discussion run and then ask for a vote at the end. Or um, it, quite often I would have made a decision, but I've had the input from my team, from but I would have then taken it away and created a process out of it. But that was, I've mainly used it to get the input. So I knew yeah. what everyone was thinking, but then I would take it away and work on it. It was never really a yes or no or a question. It was more, what do you think? Can you give yeah. me some feedback and taking it away from there? Yeah, no, and I can absolutely see how that would enable you to do that as well. Enable you to capture all of the knowledge, expertise and insights of your team and the people in there and then make you enable you to make a more informed decision moving mm. forward as well be able to reference and use those things and people feel like they've had some input into that as well so i think this is really interesting and a really useful tool for people to be able to use here as well where else do you see managers being able to use this venue are there any other particular scenarios that managers might face themselves in that you think time to think is a great fit and a great tool to use I've used it in one-to-ones if people were open to it. Obviously, I would have to ask their permission. But actually, the beauty is you can use this not just in a managerial 
you can use this in any situation. You could have a thinking partner in work where you just bounce ideas back and forth. And there are in a more one-to-one -one situation, the first question you ask is, what do you want to think about and what are your thoughts? It's so open. Yeah. And then people just go and you just listen and give them your attention, no judgment, and you won't interrupt them until they say, I'm done. And quite often you would then ask, what more do you think or feel or want to say? And if you think they've just told me they're done, but the findings are from the research that we think in waves. So we might think we're done. Sometimes you actually get a pause and then they start talking again. That's why you don't interrupt until they say, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Or can I have another question? And sometimes they might say, I'm done. And then you ask the what more question and they start again. And you think, but they just told me they're done. But it, that's very natural. And asking what more do you think or feel or want mm -hmm. to say? Quite often people pick up on the feel because they have a feeling that comes with it. So you can do it in a one-to-one -one if you arrange, you know, it, that's quite a brave step to start having one-to-ones. But you could say, let's do the first half an hour of our one-to-one -one like this. So we can just, you can have some time to think through something. And then we have half an hour where we go through the practical things or any KPIs or things like that you need to talk through or the other way around. Or you could, you could encourage your team to have thinking partners within their team if they want to come in every morning and just have a brainstorm of something. They could do it between each other as well. So there, there are other, or you could have a thinking partner for yourself. So there are other opportunities where you could use that in a one-to-one -one basis as well. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I think is really powerful based on what you're talking about here. I imagine that the amount of value that it has obviously depends on how we deploy it and how we execute on it. But also, I suppose it's about using it in the right context and situations as well. Are there any particular types of topics or conversations that you would say lend really well to the time to think concept? And are there any particular topics, conversations that you typically avoid using time to think in order to facilitate? Yeah, there, there are certain people that find it too scary. So they, if you just say to them, what do you want to think about? They just don't know what to say. And you wouldn't want to make them feel uncomfortable. I find some people just don't go well with it, or they might need a bit of time. So you might just let them think for five minutes to get them used to it. But then the situations, I think it works well if you have a specific question you want the team or the individual to answer. Or if someone comes to you as the manager and says, I have a problem or I something isn't working for me, you could really beautifully help them through that without actually giving them any input. You could let them think and then if they ask you for your input, you can step out of that and give them your thoughts and then go back to them. So that those situations, even any kind of specific problem, specific challenge, as I said in the team meeting, I always used it to introduce something new and ask for feedback. If I wanted to create a new process, I would sound out my team that way so that I don't come up with something and they all go, yeah. oh, I don't like this and what's this. But also it made 
me a lot richer in my thinking because they mm-hmm. would give me all the inputs. Probably doesn't work so well if you have a performance conversation or kind of an appraisal situation. I did use coaching techniques in appraisals as well. So I would normally, that's less time to think, but I would normally ask them what they thought first. And mm-hmm. you could use time to think in that moment as well. You mm-hmm. just say, how do you think the year went and let them talk, not interrupt and just let them think for a while. That, But normally you have to step out of that then and give your own feedback and talk about what went well and what didn't and where you want to go the next and things like that. So in those scenarios, it doesn't always work. If you have a problem employee or someone who's struggling with their performance, you have to be more directive than that. Mm-hmm. No, I really like it, Sonia. I think it's a really powerful tool. And thank you for introducing me to it. And thank you for introducing the rest of the community to it as well, for those that didn't know it. You've already mentioned as well, I think that people can investigate this more by reading the books by Nancy Klein. Where else, anywhere else people can go further into this? Anything you'd recommend, Sonia? Yeah, there's a website called Time to Think. Nancy Klein is not very vocal on social media because she believes in not being interrupted, but her website is very good and the books are definitely worth a read. Fantastic. And then those that want to follow along with you, Svenja, and pick up more of your finance techniques that we spoke about in the first masterclass today, and I'm sure you will be speaking about this a lot more as well as you're starting to qualify into this and start doing more work in this area as well. How's best to connect with you and to continue a conversation with you, Svenja? Yeah, thank you. So I've got a website, which is svenjakeller.co.uk. I've got a, I'm active on LinkedIn mainly. I've got a YouTube and Facebook as well, but you can find me, my personal account on LinkedIn and my company account is Svenja Keller Limited as well. And if you want to have a chat with me, you can book into my website. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Fenya, for joining us for both of these masterclasses. For those that are watching this, do go back and check out the personal finance one if you haven't already done. Svenja shared some amazing tips. Thank you for everybody watching today. And Svenja, thank you so much for your time and for helping the 10X community out. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks all. Bye.